Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, November 3rd, 2020, Dars Highlights. The major theme for the Dars was the creation and configuration of Sayyiduna Adam alayhi salam. The Dars began by a question about the verse number 14 from Surah Ar-Rahman, خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ He, God, created man from dried clay like earthen vessels. The Sheikh comments, Sayyiduna Adam السلام, was created in a state of perfect equilibrium and balance, even at the level of clay. He is the primordial fountainhead of earthly creatures, or of all clay creatures. And he is made from different soils, different clays, in order for there to be a variety in his offspring. The perfect equilibrium of his earthly or clay configuration made from different soils is an equilibrium of the basic elements of water, fire, earth and air. Without this taqweem of Sayyiduna Adam, the straightening and the equilibrium he would not be able to carry the secrets of Allah. You need this taqweem to carry asrar of Allah Azza wa Jal. Talut Saul is described as being given basta in knowledge and in body. God increased him amply in knowledge and body in order for him to have the power to know Allah Azza wa Jal. Similarly, the door of Ma'rifah, Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu, he was given taqweem jismani, this full balance at the bodily level in order to carry the secrets of the maker, asrar al-bari. And we don't mean strength of muscles, we mean equilibrium of the natural constitutions or the natural constituents of the bodies, coldness and dryness, heat and wetness, the four elements fire, water, air, and earth. The body and the human being, it fluctuates. He fluctuates by its nature. He has a taqallubi nature, a fluctuating nature, and is not on one affair or in a single state consistently. Rather, he fluctuates. And if he were not to fluctuate, then he would have only one aspect of knowledge and not another. And so the human being is granted this ability to fluctuate within and through the entirety of the tablets and of the secrets. He is like the best possible quality of paper that one can find to inscribe the name. Sayyidina Adam is the gathering place of all the names and of the all-encompassing name Allah. And it's for this reason that in the past... When the tariqah was smaller, we used to give our disciples a murid, he would take this wasita, this intermediary, it's a tablet, a physical tablet, upon which we would send down the 70 secrets of the name. And some of the disciples would keep it for 10 days, others for one month, depending on their preparedness and receptivity for the Divine Presence. But over time, we ran out of these tablets. And just like the tablet upon which we wrote the divine name to teach it to the disciple, the 
bodily kingdom, uh, this instrument of the human being, must be in conformity with the inner secrets of the path. These tablets that we used to make, we began with one original tablet, and then from that one tablet we made four copies, four alwah. And when we first wrote the name on these four copies, we needed four disciples. We searched for the best quality disciple, those who sacrificed for the path and in whose hearts we found firmness and rootedness. They were rooted in the spiritual life and we chose so our best murids. And then we searched for the best carpenter to make these wooden tablets. The carpenter with the most God consciousness and fear of God and sincerity and faith. And they made four tablets for us. And then we searched for people who made paper or who made pens and ink with fear of God. People who could write with fear of God. And you need time for that. You need to find the best ink, the best paper. And they have to give it to you for free. Because uh, there's no intrinsic value in the tablet that they're going to give you. But you need to find the right carpenter to make the tablet and the right ink maker and the right pen maker and so forth. And then we would give these tablets to the murid who was ready to receive the divine name. In a similar manner, Allah Ta'ala created Sayyiduna Adam from the very best clay. He took the best quality earth, the best turba, the best topsoil, the best earth. And there are many types of earths or clays. You have kils, you have tirs, you have hamri. Kils is like this, the white uh, soil. Hamri is the more reddish soil. And each type of soil is suitable for different crops, different agricultural productions. So what's known as tirs and hamri are the best soils for the farmers. Tirs is this dark uh, clay marl soil, which is good for wheat and barley when there is sufficient precipitation and it can retain enough moisture to support summer pasture. And hamri is a light reddish siliceous soil found in the plains of Sais, surrounding Meknes and so on, to the Ta'adla plain to the northeast of Marrakesh, and it supports productive vineyards and can be used to produce good cereals, but it's poor in moisture retention. So just as you have these major soil types, for the human being, the salsal, which is a clay that's a type of fine-grained natural soil material that develops plasticity when it's wet and it traps water in its mineral structure. And these geologic clay deposits are the most suitable for the structure of the human being, of the human body. And it's a, a soil that's found beneath the earth, close to springs of water, close to the water table. And this is what you make clay out of, or baked clay, fakhar, objects like tagines and cups and so forth, uh, that are made from clay. And it has to be lezish, it, it has to have malleability and plasticity. And Allah created man from dried clay, like earthen vessels. I mean, salsal, from this uh, clay, kalfakhar, and it's similar to fakhar, which is baked clay 
but it's also according to I'm opening a parenthesis here for context for the dars according to early interpretation it also means something that has an opening it's not solid so adam's quality of hollowness he has an interior cavity when he's created Sayyidina adam alayhi salam and the sheikh comments that allah created adam from this clay salsarin kal fakhar salsal that's taken from springs of the earth these are free and fresh fresh water springs and those who dig wells know this uh, salsal very well. And when you measure the water table, and if you wish to dig a well, the salsal, when you begin to reach salsal, you know that you're close to the water. And salsal is also, um, there's a soil that's, uh, w- where you can dig a well easily, and other soils, like sand, are uh, not appropriate for digging wells because the well can collapse easily when you begin to dig it and those who do what's called talqib when those who inspect the water table even with modern technology they don't dig in sand because it's too costly and they lose money and all of this knowledge is implied uh, it's all contained in the quran and it's as if the earth is a great ghirbal like a sift uh, with holes in it so you can think of the surface of the earth as a great sift that has these holes in it the springs and the salsal this uh, clay was taken from within those holes of uh, the surface of the earth and each hole each wellspring each source of this salsal clay is found within each human being. There's a correspondence between the spring sources externally on the surface of the earth and the pores on the surface of the skin of the child of Adam. This is why your skin has pores in it from which water or uh, sweat comes out or gushes forth. Now from the perspective of divine omnipotence or God's power, kun fayakun, Everything happens at once. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't need these causal intermediaries in order to create the Adamic human being. And so from one perspective, it's just kun fayakun and you can go take a break. But from the perspective of the configuration of the human being through the world of means, from the world of causal connections, salsal kal fakhar is used to create the human being. But Allah Ta'ala configures man also in the best possible form without intermediaries. For instance, by blowing the spirit into Ummuna Maryam salam, creating Sayyidina Isa without a father. He can break the habitual course of nature. He can break, Allah Ta'ala can break his pattern of creating through means because he has no need for the means. He's the one who created the causal connections in the first place and we enter into the details of the causal connections that brought about the existence of the bodily form of Sayyiduna Adam والسلام, in order to convey and sort of explain to you how the arshiya, the thronehood or the enthronement of Sayyiduna Adam comes about. The throne here, when the Sheikh says arshiya ism the thronehood of the name or the enthronement of the name 
The throne is like the center of authority from which all power and authority is exercised. And so each name, the Sheikh explains that each name has its own throne. Ar-Rahman sits on the throne and at the very center and in, in a similar manner each name has its own throne as well. And here he's explaining the Arshia, the thronehood of Sayyiduna Adam alayhi as-salatu salam beginning with the bodily configuration. So the Sheikh says, I say this to you, I explain to you the details of Adam's bodily configuration in order for you to marvel at the thronehood of of the All-Merciful, of Ar-Rahman, not to marvel at me. It's wasi'a kursiyuhu, it's his pedestal or footstool that encompasses the heavens and the earth. And no matter how much I divulge of the Arshia, it remains God's secret. So returning to these spring sources, there are countless spring sources on the surface of the earth and they correspond to the pores on the surface of your skin. And these, so the human being has many doors, bawabat, gateways, he's, he's porous from head to toe. Not only do you have cavities, your eyes, your mouth, your ears, your nose, your nostrils, but uh, each pore on your skin is also an entry. And so the uh, man's skin, the human being's skin, represents the surface of the earth, and each pore corresponds to a spring on the earth. And the salsal, the clay, the refined clay that is close to water, on the surface of the earth is of many types. There's a huge variety of salsals and its colors correspond to the different colors of uh, skins of human beings. Some are whitish, others are like my skin, others are closer to dark black colors depending on the salsal that predominates. And in contrast to these major soil types like Tirs and Himri, salsal is not region specific. Tirs and Himri are soils that are specific to certain regions on the earth, but the salsal, this fine-grained natural soil material, this clay is found everywhere on the surface of the earth. It's, it's found across the globe. So you have Tirs uh, stretching from Fez to Mule Buslaham, and uh, then from Meknes to Jdida you have Al-Hamri, and even within Morocco, we have these different major soil types, and each is good, as we said, for specific plantations. Uh, but beneath these uh, soil types, you find that singular or salsal, that clay, close to the wells or within the wells. And when you see the salsal, that's indicative of uh, water, and it's the clay that comes right before the water, the tina. And it's plastic, it's, it's malleable, and it can be used for many things. If Allah Ta'ala had said that خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ salsal, He created man from clay, then we would melt or dissolve when it begins to rain. But it's salsal kalfakhar, baked clay, clay like an earthen vessel. And this ensures that we're not destroyed by exposure to, to uh, humidity. And so Allah says, Kalfakhar, which is to say that the salsal, the clay, was made with a forceful or a powerful heat that's perfectly balanced so that 
it may merge and mix internally and create a single uh, human body. So this clay, in fact, is like a living creature. And if you own a clay vessel or cup or plate in your home, if you drink from it, it revives the water. And if you cook food in clay, then it revives, your food becomes alive. Because it's like the human being itself, the human being himself. And these clay things, these earthen vessels, require 24 hours, a full day, to be fully baked. And God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And man, he created him in one day. Just as baking clay takes one day. And of course, one day is like a thousand years of what you count. But here we're talking of time spans of human bodies. And we apply these signs to the horizon, from ourselves to the horizon, in order to understand the creation of the human being. And so it's important to appreciate that the human being was created in the most sublime perfection of beauty and balance and equilibrium and rest and stillness. And the earth itself, before man inhabited it, was not corrupted. It was virgin. The clay was never farmed. It was never exploited. And God sent angels to purify the earth after the jinn had corrupted it before man. Just like in end times, he sends down the angels and purifies the earth from unbelievers so that it's inherited by believers alone. And the flood as well was a purification of the earth from these impurities and sins of those who had corrupted it. And so when God sends raith, rains of of help and assistance, or when he, those rains are a purification for the, for the earth, and when heaven and earth both burst forth with water, it's to purify them. And we call these geological ages, and you say that you have the dinosaurs and the before the flood and after the flood, and you call these ahqab, like different eons or ages. And we say that there was the Han, uh, and then the San, and the Khan, and then the Jan. These four species, and God cleansed the earth from these. Then he created Al-Insan, the human being, and we still carry these pores within us. And each one, each pore has a relationship to the surface of the earth. And if you dive into one pore, it'll take you to the hollow middle or the the inner cavity or the the inner dimension of uh, the human being. Every well takes you to its uh, jouf, to the under, like the, the water tables and the, the inner aspect, the jouf of the earth. And every port likewise takes you, transports you to the heart. It's like a gateway, a highway to the heart. As though the heart, you could think of it as the sun, like the inner core of the earth with the springs and the, the holes covering or throughout the surface of dry land likewise each pore is like a wellspring that leads you to the solar heart in the center of the human being and in fact the earth is not in the shape of a sphere technically it's it's the shape of an egg it's not a perfect circular sphere just like the human being he's also in the shape of a of an egg elongated 
and the human being has a belly and a head and the belly button, uh, the region uh, of the belly button or the, the belly, the stomach, is where there's heat. And this is, you could say, your Africa. And North Africa is the chest of the body. And North Pole is the head and the South Pole are the feet. And so North Africa, uh, the Maghrib, gains the that whole region is, corresponds to the chest of the uh, human being and it's the best region on the earth the the, the far maghrib maghrib al-arabi represents the divine name allah in writing and w- when you look at the map of the islamic world and you look at the maghrib it's known for of course uh, the qarawiyin university jami' al-qarawiyin Jamia means that which brings together, like university itself, that which encompasses the sciences. So that it, it's the coming together of the of, of knowledge of the sciences, and it's like the ha'ul hawiya, the ha of identity of the divine name. And then you move across North Africa through Algeria to Tunis, and you find Jamia Zaytuna, the great uh, University of Zaytuna, and that's the Lam al Ishq. Then you go to Egypt, and you find the Azhar. Jamir al-Azhar, which is the Lamul Ma'rifa. And these were the known places or centers for the study of the outward and the inward sciences in pre-modern times. And each scholar had a pillar, a corner where they would disseminate and teach their sciences. And regional scholars from the peripheral areas would congregate in these spaces, in the Ha, the Lam, and the Lam, in order to diffuse and disseminate and preserve and transmit their sciences. Of course, there were no borders uh, in those times in the way we have them in the modern period, and racial differences really just uh, represent uh, like different focal points, different fountainheads of the divine name. And the alif, in, in this sort of geographic understanding of the surface of the earth, the alif is the mosque of Al-Mustafa alayhi salatu salam in Medina and his masjid was the place for the teaching of the esoteric and exoteric sciences as well and it has an independence and a self-sufficiency the alif just like the alif and the Kaaba is of course the dot the treasure dot and Nukta al-Kanziya Sayyidina Ali says I am the dot and he was born in the heart of the Kaaba itself so North Africa represents like the the chest, the torso, the, the, the chest region of the earth. And when the murid comes to us and the name of Allah discloses itself to him and he sees it in mastur at the level of, uh, he sees it inscribed in, in handwriting. When they come to us here, they, they should know that the, the name is lit from a blessed olive tree, which is neither of the east nor of the west. And the the best olives are produced in this region of the world. And it's neither the east nor the west. The the Prophet ﷺ says that I see in front of me just as I see behind me. And the chest, of course, carries the heart. And the clay of the human being, the manabia, the fountain heads that gave this salsal of the human being, was uh, the, its earth was was drawn from these regions that we just described, and the chest of the human being was created from salsal of these regions in North Africa, the stomach from the lower regions, and the so the human being 
your clay makeup is, is, is made from salsal from across the world and, and the main regions are the ones we've described. And so the human being is basically, it's your seven, you are seven continents, you are God's vicegerent on earth and the, the form of man matches that of the earth with exact correspondence. And when Adam fell, or when he descended from the Garden of Eden to the earth, he roamed across the surface of the earth. He did a complete and full siyaha, full spiritual roaming. And our siyaha that we do in the tariqah is a sunnah of Sayyiduna Adam salam when he descended upon the earth, searching for his own self. He was searching for Hawa, look, and, and Hawa, for her part, was looking for her ruh, her imam, her spirit, and they met at the Mount of Arafah. And that's the beginning of the first siyaha on earth. And from this perspective, a woman can do siyaha as well. But in the time of Adam salam, he was alone and she was safe. She had no need for a guardian or a mahram. The earth, in a sense, was her home in its entirety. And now, of course, we have many nusakh or many copies of Adam's and a woman has to travel with a mahram. At first she didn't because the earth was her dwelling place, her maskan, and it was his maskan as well. And when they roamed across the earth, they were discovering, getting to know their their maskan, their regional place, and he, Adam got to know his. And when they met on Mount Arafah, so what is Arafah? It's, it's the chest region too. It's the uh, secret, the inner core of the chest, uh, of the heart in the chest. It's the secret of the heart where Sayyidina Adam met our mother Hawa. And your skin is like the surface of the earth and hair grows from each pore. And there are many types of hair as well. Some are rough, others are uh, smoother and you have trees that shed leaves and man loses hair as well. The hair has to be pruned and shaved and dyed to prevent lice and hair loss and so on. And uh, from each spring source or manba, from each pore, there grows a tree. And even women have so, but for them it's batin, it's, it's, it's hidden, it's not manifest. And for men, uh, each tree, you could say, is manifest. And this salsal, this refined clay, secretes the water of life and each spring source is different from the other and the best water on the surface of the earth is zamzam and also it's in the secret of the heart and zamzam is what you drink it for like your intention in drinking zamzam addresses the issue you have the problem you have that you wish to cure and then there was a faqir who, who asked us like why the chest is why is the kaaba the chest i thought you said it's north africa and then the sheikh said, you're thinking in two-dimensional terms. The earth is spherical and it revolves. It's not a two-dimensional tablet. You are a sphere, a three-dimensional entity. And your back belongs to you as well. And so Zamzam is the chest as well. And North Africa corresponds to the chest region as well. The divine name is inscribed on your back as well. This is why... We said that the zaytun, the olives grow from North Africa, but I said that the olives, olive tree doesn't have a direction east or west, and you have to try to break away from these qualifications. The sphere of the chest has actually no direction, 
And the Prophet says, I see in front of me like I see behind me. Because hands and feet denote direction, but the chest, the, the heart and the, the chest region, for the Ari, for the knower of God, it has no direction. And then the Shaykh returned to the discussion of the water that comes out of these pores. And he explains, he says, some waters are good for drinking and others are not. They're not good quality water. And the same thing in the different waters secreted by the human body. When sperm is emitted by the body, the body has to be purified and cleansed. And you need to wash the entire surface of your skin with water. Otherwise, it's like you're corrupting the soil. You've, uh, it's like sinking one of the wells of your body. And these uh, spring sources, each one of them leads to, it's an open gateway into the eye of the heart, the single reality, which is the secret of an nukta of the dot, which has no method, it has no counterpart, no representation. So the dot, the dot, the secret of the dot, differs from the dots you have on your skin or the pores you have on your skin the pores each pore on the surface of your skin is like a method an exemplification a representation an archetypal image of the dot per se with a capital d and they're reflections of the eye of the heart and this same dot is reflected at each level of your body in your blood uh, on in your bones in your muscles and the Prophet ﷺ prays for Nur to be on his skin and in his flesh. And the flesh too has its springs and wells and its own network. You could say man is like a dot connected by many dots. You have fat dots, blood dots, skin dots. Human beings like, you can illustrate the human being like the coronavirus when it's magnified. It's one dot with many spheres around it. And each sphere, each halaqa, each ring has many different dots. The representation, the likeness of his light is like a niche in which there is a lamp. There's many rings, many spheres, many niches in which there is a single misbah, a single lamp, which you can touch because it's prote- which you cannot touch because it's protected by the glass. It's like a light bulb, you can't touch the actual lamp inside it. There's a glass container around it. And the glass itself is like a pearly planet or like a resplendent planet. Now, if the lamp within the glass container is like a resplendent planet, then what is the niche like? How is the mishkat? What's that like? It's like a planet to give it balance because he's created the human being in the best stature. But when you look at the niche, when you look at the human being, the body, you see him as being one meter seventy-five and let's say half a meter in width. And you actually have to search within yourself and discover your length and your width. You have to really learn the true proportions of your niche, of your own mishkat, the grandeur of the human body itself. If you say, I'm just long, I'm a long entity, uh, then all planets are like that too. And if you say all planets are circular, then you're circular as well. There's always a correspondence between macro and microcosm. And so uh, let me return to Zamzam, which is the best water 
that gushes forth from the best well, the best spring source from which there's the best uh, salsal, the best clay, the finest, the greatest clay. And uh, the Prophet ﷺ says that Zamzam li mashuri Zamzam is, uh, it, it addresses what you drink it for. The niyyah that you bring to the Zamzam determines uh, its efficaciousness. And in a similar manner, the intention that you bring to the spiritual path, to the tariqah, to this order, uh, is what you draw from this order. The tariqah, the order itself, the tariqah is very sweet. It just needs those who are worthy of it. The fuqara drive the world crazy just with their four methods, the mishkat, misbah, zujaj, kawkab, lurri. But if a faqir were to decode his own secret, he would decipher and read all things, past civilizations. All knowledge would be at your disposal. People say, yeah, we know that the human being is created from four elements, but you don't know how the earth is and where it was taken, and you don't have detailed, deep knowledge of uh, your configuration. Many will say, oh, Adam's earth was taken from uh, the region under the Kaaba. This is a mistake, because if that were the case, then every child of Adam would would have rectitude, uh, the rectitude of the Kaaba itself. Every Adamite would be a center in and of himself or herself, uh, and no child of Adam would urinate or defecate. They would be pure, uh, sheer purity, and they would have a sort of transcendence and nobility um, that counterparts the nobility of the Kaaba itself. But in reality, the human being is a copy of all the spring sources on the surface of the earth. And every level of of the human body uh, has this feature, uh, has these spring sources or fountainheads. You have uh, in the blood, in the skin, in your fat, in your hair, uh, every pore at each level uh, is an opening onto the heart. But when you come with the intention of entering into a secondary pore, a secondary branch, manba, farai, a secondary fountainhead, then what you take from the tariqah is just what you brought to the tariqah. You came just for a secondary purpose, uh, to enter into a secondary spring source. Uh, not the essential one of the heart. And some some fuqara enter with the intention of zahir, of outward sciences, or some outward quest, worldly quest, and their intention is, it's a skin surface intention. Their niya is jildi. It's at the level of the, of the skin and of the revealed law of the shara. But as you plunge into the tariqah, through the different levels and veils, of the bodily configuration of the human being and you dive towards the spiritual configuration at taqwin al-ruhi then this bodily corporeal structure you understand it as a trace of the luminous veils and your intention itself is a luminous veil so you have to learn more than just the form of the mishkats and, and you have to go beyond the hair and the skin level. And once you enter into the core, you enter into the heart through these fountainheads, then you have divine knowledge, direct knowledge, ma'rifah, and not just discursive ilm, knowledge that easily depletes because you're not specializing in one thing. The sheikh, we don't have specialty expertise in just one little area and call it quits. 
knowledge of the names has no limits, and you enter into gnosis ma'rifa of knowledge of the names. You come to the tariqa, and we can give you any science you want. We have people in math, medicine, physics, whatever science you bring and integrate into your tariqa and into your spiritual path, you'll taste. Because we speak of the asl, the root, the very spring source. And the heart is the motherboard of the body. It's like that which stirs it into motion. So we speak of the asl. Because we stand at the center, any type of person with any kind of science can taste and love the karkariya order. And of course he must. It's impossible to taste the tariqa and to, then to turn away from it. The one who turns away from the tariqa is the one who's never entered it in the first place. And you only truly enter into the tariqah when you sit with the shaykh and learn from him. When Iblis saw the form of Adam salam, he belittled it. He mocked it. But if he had sat with Sayyiduna Adam, he would have been dazzled by his knowledge. Iblis would have been the first to prostrate to the vicegerent salam. We have neuroscientists and people from NASA in the tariqah. And that type can never abandon the tariqah. Those who leave the tariqah are those who are the surface types. They're like the lice living on the skin. They think that they are on the earth, but they don't know what they're uh, roaming across. There's a faqir who asked, he said, if you're sitting with the shaykh, is it a physical or a spiritual uh, gathering, a session? And the shaykh says, I convey the idea. I try to convey the meaning. And if you deny it, I give you a revealed verse from the Qur'an. I integrate ayahs from the scripture, from hadith Qur'an, with the luminosity of the heart, and transpose those uh, signs and luminous uh, flashes of the heart onto the horizons. And so you, you can't escape. You can't deny me. Because if you do so, you're denying your Lord. You're going to turn away from verses of the Qur'an and from the Nur within you and so on. You said you say Adam, but you don't even know him. And even those who've been with me for 15 years, they always find my words to be qareeb min ahdi rabbi, close to the covenant of the Lord. They're not old recycled knowledge. That's the knowledge of others. So when you come, you have to put a mask on your on your mouth and not and not speak. You should take in until I give you a report about it, until I speak to you about it, hatta as Sayyiduna Al-Khidr says, till I give you a dhikr about it, because our knowledge is knowledge of dhikrullah, of God's remembrance, and your task is to remain silent. Your norms, the knowledge that you bring, how old is it? Three centuries? Three hundred years old? Uh, I am speaking of taqween, it's configuration of Adam, pre-eternal, its divine attributes, and you can't argue with with this type of knowledge. You can say, scholar X said this, and scholar Y said that, but I'll say, Allah said this, and Rasulullah said that, and convey divine speech, and you live it, and you'll experience it, and you can't deny it. Your notions of knowledge, your uh, mafhums, your preconceptions, your, uh, your ideas are recycled. My words are, qala Allah, there's no imperfection in them, no weakness. They're preserved by God by virtue of Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if you question the hadith itself, we bring it down. We bring down the hadith and you touch it, you feel it on the earth. And if someone tells you, no, that, that's not a sound hadith, you find it, you discover its tangibility. 
on the horizons. Just as you discover that the earth revolves through it and that the sky is held by it. So how can you say a hadith is weak? It's as if you're saying the sky above your head is weak. This is ma'rifa, direct divine knowledge. It's different from outward knowledge, which can be questioned and interrogated by opinions of other scholars. But when you take from the source, you take this certitude. And it's only drawn, this type of knowledge is only imparted to and taken by the one who has astuteness, fatin, and who surrenders, has taslim. And surrender you must, because it's God's word. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallaita ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majid.